in action is God's work. And therefore, because it's God's work, this work has eternal value. It has eternal value. And here's the great news all about it. You are invited. With all invitations, the number one question that I always ask when I'm invited to come to something is I ask, will it be worth it? If I come to CIA, will it be worth it? Well, today we are going to look closely at what Jesus taught about children. If you would turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 10, we'll find out. We'll look closely at what... Uh, we're not going to be using that, by the way. In Mark chapter 10, we'll be looking closely at what Jesus taught about children. In verse 13, the word of God says, Then they brought the little children to him, that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased, and he said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up into his arms, laid his hands upon them, and he blessed them. The first thing I want you to notice in verse 13 is they brought the little children to him. They brought the little children to him. Now, notice specifically that it doesn't say that the parents brought the little children to him. We don't know who they is. All we know is, is that some people brought these children to Jesus. Friends, you got to know that sadly, some parents could care less about the spiritual growth of their own children. They need somebody who will bring those children to the Lord Jesus. But as Christians, friends, we are to be sensitive. God wants you and I to be the ones. He wants you and I to be the ones who bring the children to Jesus. And friends, just think about this. If we don't bring them, they might never come. If we don't bring those little children to Jesus... They might never get the opportunity. So what you and I need to remember is that these children were brought to Jesus. They were brought to Jesus, and that's what Jesus wants me and you to do. To bring the children to him. Because if, they don't, if we don't do what we're supposed to do, they might not ever get the opportunity. But notice that after the children were brought to Jesus, notice what happens next. The children were blessed by Jesus. Then they brought the little children to him that he might touch them. Excuse me, that he might touch them. Now, it was a common thing back in Bible times for people to bring their children to the teacher, to the rabbi. And uh, the reason was is that they wanted the rabbi to touch 
the child. They wanted the rabbi to bless the child. It's kind of like a, ch a child dedication, so to speak. They wanted their child to be dedicated. And as God's anointed Savior, Jesus Christ, they wanted Jesus to pray for their children. They wanted Jesus to tell them how much God loves them. He wanted, they wanted them, Jesus to give him a special blessing from God. Friend, i got to tell you, Jesus has a special blessing that he wants to share with our children at CIA. He has a blessing he wants to share. Well, what kind of blessing might my kid get if he comes? Well, it might be to hear for the very first time that Jesus loves them. That would be pretty important. That'd be a great blessing, amen? But it might be for others to let them experience a Christian environment. To come to a place where they can be around people who love God. To be around people who love them. And to be around people who love Jesus. Do you see the value in that? Do you see the value in being in a Christian environment? Amen. For some people, for some kids, the special blessing might be that they get the seed of the good news planted in their heart that will be ripe for harvest down the road. Do you see the value in that? For still others, it might be to touch their heart that the Lord Jesus will be their personal Savior for the remainder of their life. Do you see the value in that? Y'all don't seem very excited about this. Am I the only one? There's great special blessing that Jesus has got in store for every child that will come to CIA. So we've seen the need. You've agreed that there's a need. But you know what? I don't know how Jesus is going to bless these kids this year. All I know is this. The scriptures tell me that Jesus wants to bless the children. I don't know how he's going to do it. I just know that he wants to do it. And if he wants to do it, then I need to be the avenue, the conduit, the, the road, if you will, by which those children come to the Lord. So we've seen that need for children to be brought to Jesus. We've seen the need for them to be blessed by Jesus. But also, I want to tell you that children do not need to be blocked from Jesus. Look at there in verse 13 again. And when they brought them, brought him to them, excuse me, then they brought him to, to them, and when he saw him, I'm in the wrong place. No wonder I'm having such a hard time. Good grief. Then they brought the little children to him that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought the children. The disciples of the Lord rebuked these people who were bringing the children to Jesus. Does that make any sense to you at all? It doesn't, but it happened. The, the disciples actually scolded these people for bringing the children to Jesus. That, I mean, what in the world were they thinking? That doesn't make any sense to me. They thought that Jesus was too important to be messing around with kids. I think that's what a lot of adults think today. They thought the kids were a bother. They thought that children were a nuisance. They thought that children were nothing but trouble. 
They said, can't you see that Jesus is busy? Can't you see that the Savior is busy with more important things than children? Can't you see that, that the kids are a bother to him? Can't you see that Jesus is busy teaching us? And we're more important than the children? Jesus doesn't have time to waste on kids. That's kind of what they were saying without saying it. So the disciples tried to keep the children away from Jesus. But in verse 14, Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. That phrase, hinder them, means don't withhold a blessing from them. And that's exactly what we do when we block our children from Jesus. You know, sometimes, without realizing it, you and I hinder our children from coming to Jesus. Sometimes we do. Um, sometimes we hinder our children with neglect. So often children just get overlooked in ministry. Other times, people just view children differently in ministry. But I'm thankful that here at Bethel, things are different. Here at Bethel, things are different. Every Wednesday during the school year, we pick up as many as 25 kids in that van. Sometimes we've got to make two drops. Right? A lot of parents bring their own children. And when those children get here, they receive a balanced, light meal. And then after that meal, they, they give an offering. Then after they give that offering, they sing praises with their voices and, and use their hands for sign language. And then after that, they have class time where they learn to apply biblical principles to their young lives. And then after that, they might have a little game time. Then they'll have a Bible blast time, which is kind of like a Brother Bill time. If I can just say, I think it's awfully important that every child gets a little bit of time with me. That I get to feed them and, and sow into their lives. I count that a pleasure. I count it a calling to have Brother Bill time. Then they might have craft time. And then, uh, something that was kind of instituted last year, they even might have cooking time. Amen? That's a little bit scary, amen? I don't know what goes on back there, but I'm just praising the Lord that the place ain't been burned down yet. I'm just kidding. Uh, anyway, they love it. They love it. And everything is Christ-centered. The game time, it's about Jesus. The cooking, it's about Jesus. The class time, it's about Jesus. Everything is about Jesus when they come here for two hours. Even on the van, we're talking about Jesus. They love to talk about Jesus. Now, some might look at CIA as just a, a great opportunity to occupy the children. Keep them busy so they're out of my hair. Some parents might even say, you know what? I need a two-hour break. We'll let the church babysit them for a while. I don't care. I say, come on with it. Eventually, you'll come too. Amen? We don't do that. We view CIA as a God-given opportunity to influence children for the glory of God. I can't hear of a better calling than that. But you know what? The ministry sometimes is hindered. And one of the primary reasons that it's hindered is because CIA 
needs you in order to grow. The children's ministry in this church needs you in order to grow. It needs you, the servants of God, in order to be successful. In order to reach the children for the glory of God, this ministry needs you. It needs the entire body of Christ, not just the feet. It needs the entire body of Christ, not just the head. It needs the entire body of Christ, not just the voice. It needs everybody. It needs the entire body of the Lord. See, some people ignore children because they can't contribute to the church. Especially somebody else's kid. Especially another child who ain't even a member here. Some people actually think that children are a liability because they're not an asset. Some people actually think that children are such an expense that it won't ever be a source of revenue for the church. But not here. Not here. We look upon children as a precious gift given to our care, and we are willing to sacrifice whatever love, whatever time, whatever revenue is required to reach these children. Do you know why? Because Jesus did. And we said at the outset of this message that our supreme goal is to be more and more like Jesus. That means to share the love of God and to sow into these young people's lives. So if Jesus did it, guess who else ought to be doing it? Here we go. Right? Every one of us. Let us not hinder the children. Let us not forbid the children by neglecting them. Here's another way that we hinder the children. We hinder the children by being a bad example. You know, these disciples sure weren't being a very good example, were they? What were they saying? They didn't say these in, this in words, but by example, they were teaching these little children that they were not important to Jesus. That's all they were saying. Get away from here. You're not important to him. We are important to him. Amen? But I wonder, what kind of lessons are we teaching our kids? Now this is the, the toe-stepping part of the message, amen? But I want you to know that the first person's toes that were stepped on this week was the speaker. What kind of lessons are we teaching our kids? If for us, church consists of a Sunday morning visit once a week? What kind of example are we? If being a Christian means walking an aisle, saying a prayer, and getting wet, what kind of example are we? If being born into the kingdom of God means that I'm thankful I'm not going to hell, but I could care less about anybody else that's headed that way, what kind of example are we? If Jesus, or if the, the children don't see Jesus as our number one priority, if the kids don't see that Jesus is your number one priority, what kind of example are you? 
Friends, the world hinders them enough. The world hinders our kids. It's full of hindrances. Think about the drugs and the sex and the violence and the TV and the movies and the bad influences and the peer pressure. There's already enough bad hindrance. There's already enough bad influence out there in the world. Let them not receive a bad example from the servants of God. Let's be a, a positive encouragement. Let's be an eternal encouragement. Let us not be a hindrance to your children, to your grandchildren, to your children's friends, to your neighbor's children. Let us be a good example. But notice that after the disciples hindered those little kids from coming to Christ, man, oh man, I would not have wanted to be there. Because what I see is, is that Jesus boiled over and he rebuked those disciples. In verse 14, we read that when Jesus saw those disciples rebuking those who were bringing the kids to him, he got fuming mad. Do you hear me? He got fuming mad. The New King James Version just doesn't do it justice. The New King James Version said, oh, he was greatly displeased. What? That's not what that word means. There's no justice in that. Uh, the NIV says that he was moved with indignation. But I want to tell you, when the disciples said, hey, Jesus ain't got time for your children, when, he said, when those disciples said, hey, take your kids to McDonald's to the play place, when the disciples told those parents, hey, your kids aren't welcome here, when those disciples says, hey, take them to somebody else who cares, the word that Mark used in the scriptures here is a very strong word. Mark said that Jesus was livid. Do you hear me, church? He was not only livid, he was enraged. He was infuriated. He was just as mad as he was when he drove those money changers out of the temple. He was beside himself with righteous anger. He was not going to stand for that kind of attitude about children. The disciples scolded those people who brought the kids, but I pray that you see that Jesus scolded them right back. Scolded them right back. And I asked myself, wow, Jesus, being a little harsh, aren't you? I mean, those are your disciples. Why are you being so rough on them? Well, the problem was this. They had forgotten a lesson that they had learned just a little bit ago in Matthew chapter 18 where Jesus said, whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. That was a lesson he had just got through teaching them. Jesus was saying, the way you treat a child is the same way you treat me. Children. The least of these. Jesus. Amen. Children. Is what. The kingdom of God is about. Children. Is what we are doing at CIA. 
That is what the kingdom of God is about. It's not just about songs. It's not just about the fun. It's not just about sacrificing your time. It's all about the kingdom of God. Did you know that 83%, how much? 83% of those who come to know the Lord Jesus do so before they turn 18. What percentage? 83% of those who come to Jesus do it before they turn 18. That means that only 17% of people are saved after 18. Do you see the predicament? Do you see why this, this ministry of the children is so important? Do you see why children are such a priority with Jesus? I'm sure that it was the same in that world as it was in our world. So... Where is this body of Christ going to be? In 20 years, where is this body of Christ going to be if we don't focus on the children today? 20 years from now, I probably ain't going to be here. Many of you may not be here in 20 years. Will you have sowed the life-giving seed of Jesus Christ into the lives of these children? They are going to be the ones who will be the body of Christ at Bethel Baptist Church. Do you see how important the children are? Not only to Jesus, but to our church. Think about this. We invest in houses. We invest in houses that are going to get eaten by termites. They're going to get burnt to the ground. Or they're going to get blown away by a tornado just like what happened a year or so ago. We invest in cars. We invest in cars that are going to rust, break down, and get sold for scrap metal one day. We invest in clothes. We invest in clothes that are going to go out of style. They're going to get too small. They're going to get too small, and we're going to either throw them away, we're going to give them to goodwill, or God forbid we're going to have a yard sale tomorrow. But we invest in houses. We invest in cars. We invest in clothes. In fact, most of the things that I spend my money on won't mean diddly. Say diddly. They won't mean diddly in heaven. You think my house, my car, my clothes are going to mean diddly in heaven? Nope. But what we invest in our children, now that has eternal value. That has a heavenly impact. That lasts forever and ever and ever. God is seeking those 
who are willing to invest in the future of his kingdom. Not in your house, not in your job, not in your car, and not in your clothes. All in all, he really could care less about any of that. But he does have a supreme concern about what you invest into the kingdom of God. So my question is simple. Are you? Are you making eternal investments? Or are you making temporary investments? CIA is an investment into the kingdom of God, and we need to see the importance of that. And as Chad said in our life groups meeting this morning, you may say, oh, Brother Bill, I believe you. Amen. Praise God. I believe what you're saying. But then when you walk out of this room, only the handful will actually do what they say they believe. Well, I guess, like me, Jesus cooled down a little bit after he got so infuriated. And afterwards, Jesus bestowed an eternal example. Look in verse 15. Assuredly, Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. An eternal example. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God, how? Say it louder. Like a little child. That's an example. What kind of characteristic of a little child was Jesus talking about? He's talking about trust. Children have to trust. He's, children are very trusting, in fact. Almost to a fault. They have to trust adults for their very existence. They, they have to trust parents for their food. They have to trust adults for their clothes, for their welfare, for their protection, for their education, for everything. They've got to trust the adults. They are so totally dependent on us. And here, Jesus is giving you and I an example of how we enter into the kingdom of God. How do you enter into the kingdom of God? Trust. Trust Jesus. Trust Jesus to do for you what you can't do for yourself. See, a child can't go out and get a job and provide for her own food. A child can't go out and, and build her own house. A child has to trust an adult to do for that child what that child can't do for him or himself. That's what God wants to see in us. Just as a child is powerless and dependent, God wants to see us recognize our own powerlessness, our own dependence, and trust Jesus. To trust in his power to forgive us of our sins and to trust in his power to give us eternal life. We have to trust just like a child has to trust. You can't get to heaven in your own strength. 
You can't get to heaven in your own goodness. You can't get to heaven in your own power. You've got to become how? As a little child. Trusting Jesus. Finally, notice that Jesus blessed the children. In verse 16, And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. He praised them. He rejoiced with them. He celebrated with them. He blessed them. Jesus loves the children. He loves the children so much that he made them a top priority and he made them our example. That's what we have to do at CIA. We need to do what Jesus did. We need to do what Jesus did. We need to take them up in our arms. We need to take them into our hearts. We need to pray for them and bless them with the very best we have to offer. And it takes all of us, the entire body. Jesus blessed them with himself. We're not called to bless the children with ourselves. We're called to bless the children with Jesus. What an opportunity we have this week. What an opportunity we have to, to do kingdom work. I pray that you don't trivialize this. I pray that these words don't go in one ear and out the other. I pray that you don't minimize the impact you can have on the next generation. I pray in my heart of hearts that you don't waste this opportunity that we have starting Wednesday. You know, you may not be able to go to Guatemala. That was a long haul and a long bus ride, wasn't it, y'all? Maybe you can't go to Guatemala. Maybe you can't go to Kansas with us next year if that's where we go on our local mission trip. That's a long ride, about a 10-hour, 11-hour van ride in the beast, amen? Maybe you can't do that. So you know what I say? Why don't you let CIA be your mission trip? You ain't got to go very far from the house. Not that long of a ride. Come on up here and let children be your mission field. Let God use you to take up a child, to pray over that child, to lift them up, to encourage them into a godly lifestyle. Why don't you just, uh, just be used uh, as an instrument that places children into the hands of Jesus? Oh, friend, there ain't no better place to be. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. He said this. Are you listening? Say amen. The word of God says, always give yourselves fully. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Always give yourself fully to the Lord. Fully to the work of the Lord. 
you know, Lord, it's all about you. Lord, it is all about you. Will you say that with me? Lord, it is. Well, that's two of you. How about the rest of you? Ready? Lord, it's all about you. Give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know that his work will not be in vain. Maybe you need to come to the Lord as a little child. Maybe you need to come to the Lord receiving the heaven he provides by depending and trusting on the forgiveness of sins he offers. The promise of God is, is that you will receive when you accept. Like Chad was saying during our praise scripture. When you have the faith to receive, then it becomes a reality. So maybe you need to come to the Lord like a little child. And you can do that today. But you know what? Maybe after careful consideration this week, you've seen great value in the children's ministry of this church. You've seen how important it is to be next generation minded. You've seen that it's a kingdom work of God. Maybe you've seen it as your mission field. No matter the age, no matter the health issue, no matter your concerns, no matter what you do or what you can't do, God can use you if you'll be an available vessel to be used. I want to encourage you to come if you will. During this decision time, to come if you will to commit to support the CIA. For those of you that already responded last week, if you're teaching a class, and I don't know if Beverly's already made contact with a lot of you or not, but the curriculum for our next three months is here. This makes it really easy, y'all. It's a simple guide to teach our kids how to be compassionate, how to be joyful, and how to be a wise leader. So, if you've already signed up, and you know you're going to be teaching or being an assistant, I want you to come up during the decision time and get one of these. You're going to need that. It'll make it really easy for you, okay? But you know what? Maybe said, I didn't respond last week because I just didn't really see that this was kingdom work. I pray that today you do. Because remember this, the supreme goal of the Christian is to become more like Jesus. Jesus made the children a top priority. So will this body of Christ. Amen. So the only question is, will you come? Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, I praise you and I thank you. And Lord, my humble prayer is, is that we will do nothing to hinder the children. By being a bad example or by being neglectful. Father, to be successful in your work requires that the entire body of Christ participate.
So, Lord, what will you do today? Father, tonight as we study Elijah a little bit more, I'm reminding of when, uh, reminded of when he went and hid in that cave. And he was waiting for a mighty move of God. An earthquake, a, a, a lightning storm. Father, my humble desire is, is that you have spoken to every one of your children today. And Father, that you would use us to make an eternal impact for the glory of our Lord in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being saved. Lord, help us to not be satisfied that we are saved, that we could care less whether somebody else gets saved. Father, and if there is that one here today that finally realized that the simplicity of the gospel is just to trust in the work that Jesus has already accomplished, that he was crucified on the cross for our sins, that he was buried in a grave, and three days later he rose again to show us that death has no grip on the believer. Father, whatever your will is today, only you can speak to us in this mighty way. We love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us so much. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's children said.